Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Hi, friends. This is Andy. It is Monday, March 27th, and I missed recording a podcast episode this weekend. I wanted to wait to see if anything was going to happen down in Texas with Donald Trump's rally, and thankfully, nothing did. But that also meant there really wasn't anything specific to report because it was basically a repeat of every rally Donald Trump has ever held. The Saturday rally was held in Waco, and I believe it was on the grounds of the airport there. Well, He has to have a place to land his airplane, after all. And from what I read, the local news said that people began showing up around 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. And the gates were not even scheduled to open until noon. So I'm assuming that people were like waiting out in parking lot or some holding area before they were allowed to come in. And Trump apparently didn't arrive until shortly before six o'clock. The Trump campaign estimated approximately 15,000 people would attend the rally There was a local report, I believe the law enforcement, I don't know if it was the sheriff's department or the police department in the area, but someone in law enforcement said 18,000 was the crowd size. Other sources reported under 10,000. So I don't know. I can tell you that someone posted a, probably a drone shot of the crowd, and it certainly didn't look like 10,000 people to me, nothing even close. And folks who were actually at the rally said that they saw people begin to leave 30 minutes or so after the rally began. Now. I didn't get clarification as to whether it was 30 minutes after the entertainment began, because of course, you know, they have to have other people up there yakking before the orange man himself shows up. So I don't know if they left 30 minutes after that began, or if they left 30 minutes after Trump began speechifying. But there are reports that people began leaving early, and that kind of continued throughout the entire rally. 
So seems like maybe he's losing his attraction a bit. If he can't draw bigger crowds than that in Texas, I don't know where he would go other than maybe Florida. His little uh, shenanigan with the erroneous report that he was going to be arrested last Tuesday netted him a $1.5 million increase to his campaign account. And some of the experts have said that that is not really as strong as he has attracted in the past with these kind of announcements. So that also might be another indication that interest and support for Trump are beginning to wane a bit. Or maybe he has just grifted his supporters for as much as they can afford for the time being. Every time you turn around, I understand they have emails going out to donors begging for money. After all, that big Trump airplane costs a lot of money to fly from, I guess, Florida to Waco, Texas and back. Uh, apparently there were some people who overheated, got fatigued with the long wait, and medics had to be called in to provide them with medical aid. I'm sure Trump was devastated to hear that. He cares so much about other people. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the video. It was kind of disturbing. It was uh, it was on a it looked like it was a cable news channel, but it wasn't Fox and it wasn't One America or Newsmax. It was something else that I didn't really recognize. And it was a bunch of people sitting in like a diner, and there were three people sitting on chairs up by the camera, a man in the middle flanked by two women, and there was an older woman holding a microphone and looking at her cell phone. And she was reading over the mic to everybody in the restaurant an email that she apparently sent to Alvin Bragg, encouraging him to drop his investigation and his potential charges into the Donald Trump hush money scandal. And I don't remember the exact words she used to describe Donald Trump, but it was something like, our precious, precious, precious Donald Trump. I mean, it was very disturbing. Very disturbing. And I thought, what in the world is going on with these people? that they cannot see all of the things that this man has done basically his entire life that show him to be a cad and a liar and an opportunist and a shyster, among other things. I guess those are just his best qualities. So this uh, podcast, this episode is just going to kind of be a recap of 
last week, and uh, I've got some new information to share as well. So if you're interested in hearing about a few new things as well as recapping last week, stay tuned. Episode 132, The Week That Was, ending March 25th, 2023. So, we heard last week, or I guess it was actually the week before last, that the Manhattan District Attorney's Office had invited Donald Trump to come and testify before the grand jury if he wanted to. Now, this invitation isn't really like a dinner invitation, RSVP. It's more of a, we are investigating you we have turned up some evidence that we may be using to make a decision about whether or not to charge you in the future. Grand jury has looked at this information. And before any decisions are made, if you'd like the opportunity to express your side of the story, because we realize every story has two sides to it, you're invited to come in, sit down, and visit with the grand jury for a bit to tell them your side of the story. Trump could have had the opportunity to explain that he hadn't really slept with Stormy Daniels at all. Oh, those pictures? Well, he takes pictures with lots of people because he's so popular and he's so handsome and everybody wants to have their picture taken with him. And she was just one of many beautiful blonde women who wanted to have their picture taken with Don Trump. Don Trump, of course. Yeah, that's it. Nothing more to it than that. Oh, that check? Well... I don't really know about that check. You're going to have to talk to Michael Cohen about that. Oh, you have talked to Michael Cohen. Oh, and he told you, I told him to do what? And then I paid him back, and here are copies of the check where he was, oh, well, hmm. <laughs> that seems to be a problem now. <laughs> so, naturally, Donald Trump of course, acting like this whole investigation is completely a witch hunt, declined the invitation. And, you know, we have some Republicans in Congress right now who are chairing committees. And it sure seems to me that they have committed a crime or two, or more. Because if they had knowledge that there was going to be some, some kind of a kerfuffle or whatever on January 6th, 
they had an obligation as members of Congress to make sure that the authorities knew that there was going to be a problem. And if they had reason to believe that someone was planning to commit a crime or had engaged in a plot to commit a crime, they also had an obligation to report that as members of Congress. Because as members of Congress, their main goal, their main responsibility should be to protect the Constitution of the United States of America. And they took an oath and promised to do that. And by protecting the Constitution, they're protecting the country and the American people because that is the purpose of that document. So all of them who participated in this attempted coup to overthrow a democratically elected government and all of them who voted against accepting the electoral vote counts from the various states around the country, knowing that there was no evidence of any election fraud or election rigging, other than, of course, the things that the Republican Party did to prevent people from voting prior to the election, you know, taking people off of the voter rolls because their name sounds like, well, sounds like it could be a black name, or they live in a part of the county where it's mostly black people. Yeah, they've been doing that a lot lately because Republicans really don't want people to vote. But at any rate, knowing that there was nothing to question about the vote other than the fact that Donald Trump and his cronies were going around telling everybody that the election had been rigged, but of course providing zero evidence that the election was actually rigged. By voting to not certify the electoral count, they were trying to interrupt a constitutionally mandated procedure in Congress. That's kind of the same thing that uh, all of the insurrectionists did on January 6th as well. They had a, there was a conspiracy. And there are laws against attempts to interrupt formal procedures in Congress. So all of these Republicans who voted to not certify the electoral count basically are trying to cover their backsides. Because I understand, according to CBS News, that Jack Smith is actually going after conspiracy charges against Donald Trump and a lot of his cronies. And that's a really serious offense. So these yahoos that are chairing these committees, like Jim Jordan is one, he's the main one, sent a letter to Alvin Bragg, who is the district attorney for the Manhattan area of New York. Basically, 
pushing their weight around and trying to provide some sort of oversight into his investigation into the Donald Trump hush money being deal. And Congress doesn't really have the authority to oversee a, well, a person who is in that position. They just don't have it. They're, they're not mandated by the Constitution to provide oversight to individual cases at state levels. And their letter went through a whole bunch of just garbage. And it's out there if you want to read it. I'm not going to read it to you because it's been out there for a while. And it's nonsense. So an attorney representing the district attorney's office on behalf of Alvin Bragg responded to their letter by basically telling them to go take a flying leap, that <laughs> they don't have the authority and that their attempted intrusion into an active investigation uh, could look pretty bad for Congress. And it basically preached them <laughs> with facts as to why they weren't in a position to provide any oversight. And the letter was written very professionally, and it was kind of written in baby talk so that they could understand, because we know that Jim Jordan and some of the other Republicans in Congress right now are challenged when it comes to government and the processes and the laws. So the letter was sent back, and as I said, it was a nice letter, but it was, uh, I think, pretty... Um, I don't know if I want to use the word insulting, but it was written in a way that was kind of like, are y'all nuts? Really? You think we're going to go along with this? <laughs> so apparently these folks in Congress, after receiving the response, wrote another letter on Saturday, sent it out, and it's like a five or six page letter with all of the reasons why they have the authority to do what they're doing. So we'll see how that turns out. But most legal scholars and experts that have commented on this have said that Congress does not have the authority to provide oversight on a investigation into a specific person, specific thing, even if that person happened to be a former president of the United States. So, yeah, you guys are wasting your time, just like they've wasted their time every day that they have been in Congress this year. If you'll notice, 
the Republicans in Congress have not really put forth anything of any help to the American people. A couple of things that the Republicans could have done in this time. They've had most of January and all of February and most of March. Now, keep in mind, February was a short month. But there are things that the Republicans could do that would actually help their constituents and the American people. And they are things that they know that they would have enough votes on the Democratic side of the aisle to pass. And Biden would sign it. They could uh, do something about, oh, <laughs> health care, the cost of prescription drugs. They could raise the minimum wage. How about uh, doing something about immigration? Hmm? Yeah. They could put uh, forth some railroad safety regulations and oversight. They could uh, re-en reenact Glass-Steagall to provide better oversight over banks because obviously banks didn't learn their lesson after 2008. And after all, they did roll back regulations under Trump, so they ought to fix that because that's on them. And we've had a couple of, tra of train derailings since then. And we've now found out that that first train crash up there in Ohio actually is more of a toxic mess than they would want you to believe. So they could do all of that. They sure could. But they're not going to, of course, because, well, that's just not their focus. And they do have that debt ceiling hanging over their heads. And I think most Americans understand that if it were not for just two actions that the Republican Party took under President Trump, we wouldn't be approaching the debt ceiling right now. Those two actions were the GOP ta Trump tax cuts of 2017. That's a $2 trillion deal. <laughs> and that uh, that's a big chunk of... Uh, our uh, problem with the deficit right now. And they have cut back the IRS and cut back and cut back on funding to the point where when IRS agents have retired or left, they haven't been replaced. And that has meant that the IRS has not been able to audit taxpayers the way they should, specifically the wealthy taxpayers who have these huge tax reports that take a lot of time to go through. And the bottom line is, it's my understanding, somewhere around 36% of our total outstanding unpaid tax debt in the country right now is due to the wealthy not paying their taxes. And if the IRS had agents to audit these people, and if they paid what they owed, and if we hadn't given them tax cuts on top of that, well, experts say that they don't think that the American people would have to worry about the debt ceiling right now because we wouldn't be approaching it. 
with the additional income in taxes, which is income for the country from the wealthy folks, and with $2 trillion less in spending for gift for the billionaires, we'd have plenty of money left over. So the Republicans have created a problem from their very own actions, and yet they act like it's a problem for the Democrats. It's not. And I think most of the American people know it. Before I go on, I'll just add one last comment about the attempts by Republican chairs in the House of Representatives to impede Alvin Bragg's investigation into the Donald Trump, Stormy Daniels, hush money scandal. Alvin Bragg, as the district attorney, has a right to investigate things that he deems are worthy of being investigated. And it doesn't matter if Jim Jordan and his other cronies in Congress actually believe that Bragg is abusing his power, the power of his office, or abusing his authority. Maybe they really do believe that, and that wouldn't surprise me, honestly, because they apparently and obviously know so very little about government and the laws and how things are supposed to work. They obviously have no concept about ethics in government. So maybe they really do think that Alvin Bragg is off limits or out of line in his investigation of a former president. But it doesn't matter if that's what they think. And even if Alvin Bragg were pursuing someone without cause, that still wouldn't matter. And the reason for that is because Congress has specific roles that they are supposed to abide by, and that's outlined in the Constitution. And one of those roles is not to provide oversight to investigations at state and local levels. There are laws. And there are limits to people's power. There are limits to Congress's power. There's limits to presidential power. There are limits to judicial power because that is how you have a system of checks and balances. So you can't have Congress going to a district attorney in one of the states saying, oh, you, you can't do this. No. And they're now trying to, <laughs> or they're discussing writing a bill, believe it or not, the Republicans <laughs> want to pass a bill making it basically illegal to investigate or charge a former president, or I guess a sitting president, which, <laughs> okay, 
uh, if you want to do that, then that's going to require a bunch of other laws to be changed because that whole thing about no man is above the law, no one is above the law, that thing. Yeah, well, that kind of goes out the door then because all of a sudden the president is above the law. And you're kind of getting into authoritarian in authoritarianism, isn't, aren't you? Because theoretically the president could just break whatever law they wanted to, violate the Constitution, but they wouldn't be held liable for it. And laws like that, bills like that that get passed, even if they wrote it and it passed the House and it passed the Senate and it got to Biden's desk and he decided to go ahead and pass it for whatever reason, they can't be written retroactively, okay? So doing that would not protect Trump, nor would it protect Biden. So it's kind of defeats their purpose because obviously their main goal is to protect Trump. And why is it so important to protect Trump? Well, it's important to protect Trump because they're involved. That's what I think. I think they're involved. So, and speaking about Trump, I should add that after his claim last week that Alvin Bragg was uh, going to uh, indict him, I guess late on uh, Saturday, Trump apparently has had a change of heart and has indicated that uh, Alvin Bragg and his office have already dropped the investigation. Really? So, yeah, this was on Saturday night, and Alvin Bragg actually referred to the case as an ongoing matter um, at the same time, basically. But Trump said, I think they've already dropped the case. That's a quote. And uh, it's a fake case. Some fake, some fake cases, they have absolutely nothing. That was the end of his little comment. So Trump has said that he is the most innocent man in U.S. history. And of course, he um, took advantage of having an audience at the rally. He uh, bashed Bragg and he hurled insults at Stormy Daniels. So, anyway, um, <laughs> does anybody really care what the heck Trump thinks at this point? Apparently, the whole reason for this line of thought with Trump is the fact that the grand jury that is looking into the Stormy Daniels Trump thing was not in on, I think it was Wednesday, that was the day after Trump was supposed to have been indicted. They weren't in on Wednesday. And then when they did come in later in the week, they were not looking at the Trump case. They were dealing with something else because grand juries are often have to multitask. And here's the, here's the thing that, that, that I think. They've been looking into this for a long time now. And I find it really hard to believe that the district attorney's office would have sent out an invitation to Trump 
to come in and talk to the grand jury one week and then the following week decide that they are going to drop the case. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> if they're that far into it that they're inviting the target of an investigation to come in and have a chat with the grand jury, I think they're probably well past the point of saying, uh, this isn't going to go anywhere. We're just going to drop this. So, no, <laughs> that's not, I don't think that that's part of the scenario at all. And Trump if, is, he's so inconsistent about some things and he's very consistent about others. But uh, I think that he's, I think he knows he's in trouble. You can tell from his, messages on his truth social platform he is posting in all caps which of course means he's screaming and yelling and i think he knows he's in trouble so he's just lashing out and blaming everybody else for everything that's happened which is what he's done his entire life and i have absolutely no sympathy for the man None at all. None at all. And I look at all of the things that he has done to harm the country. He has made it acceptable for some people to be public with their racism and bigotry, hatred. I know that there have always been people like that. But there was a time when most of them realized that that was not going to be accepted by the public at large, and they kind of kept it to themselves. That doesn't make it any better. But, you know, when you're telling people to their face, you're insulting people, confronting them in parking lots when they're just trying to do their grocery shopping or whatever, it's a problem. It's a problem. And I should add that apparently Alvin Bragg's office received an envelope with some powder of some kind in it and a threat. Do you think it's just a coincidence that this is kind of happening uh, right after all of this stuff with Trump? I want to know when Donald Trump is going to be indicted. I really do. And I think that uh, the Justice Department, the Department of Justice needs to <laughs> make it happen. And I think that the judge ought to tell Donald Trump that he is not to discuss this matter in public at all. That he can discuss it with his attorneys. And that's it. Because it's obvious that Trump is trying to incite more violence from the things that he's said and the things that he continues to do. And what is it? Justice delayed is justice denied. The American people have been denied justice for over two years now. I feel like Donald Trump should have been arrested when he stepped off of 
Air Force One, or I guess it was Air Force One when it took off in Washington, D.C., and by the time it landed in West Palm Beach, it was just <laughs> another plane, I guess, because apparently any plane that the president's flying on is Air Force One, but he stopped being the president in flight. So when that happened, that airplane was no longer Air Force One, I guess. But I think they should have just had agents waiting for him at the West Palm Beach Air Airport and said, you're under arrest, dude. We saw what happened. We heard what Trump said. And I will just tell you again, my personal feelings on this whole situation, and then I'm, I'm going to let this episode end because I don't want it to be a terribly long one. Um, my feelings are that the reason it is taking the Department of Justice so long to do everything is because there are a lot of people involved and the charges are multiple charges, all very severe. As I said, CBS News came out with a report which apparently was deleted. It was put online and then it was deleted. But it basically said that Jack Smith is pursuing conspiracy charges against Donald Trump. And I certainly think that that is something that, um, <laughs> you know, come on. Yeah, absolutely conspiracy charges. And not just Trump, but a few other people as well. And a long time ago, you might remember, a judge named Individual One in court documents, which everybody knew was Donald Trump. So, there's crimes. The Mueller report, despite what Attorney General William Barr said at the time, listed multiple instances where Trump attempted to obstruct, or actually did obstruct justice. So, I don't think that uh, Fonnie Willis is coordinating with the Department of Justice, nor do I think uh, Alvin Bragg is coordinating any of his investigations with anyone. I think they're all operating separately. And whoever drops the uh, charges first will be the person who goes down in history as the first uh, person to charge a former president with a crime. And it looks like it's going to be Alvin Bragg. And at this point, I don't care if they've got everything wrapped up. I know they want to have everything wrapped perfectly like a little gift with a bow and ribbon and all of that on it so they know it's perfect. But I don't think there's any case that's ever going to be completely perfect. But they can certainly start indicting some of these people and let them know that there may be additional charges forthcoming. 
maybe that would maybe that would be an incentive for some of these folks to start opening up a little bit more. But it's my understanding that uh, Mark Meadows is in big trouble as well. And it's possible that he may be cooperating now in order to save his own skin. Because I think it's pretty obvious that Trump isn't going to lift a finger to do anything to help anyone else. I think that there have been somewhere in the neighborhood of a thousand people charged in the January 6th insurrection. Many of them have already been sentenced and are serving their sentences. There have been multiple people convicted of seditious conspiracy charges, which is, that's a big deal, folks. That's serious. And now they're talking about conspiracy when it comes to Donald Trump himself. And the Department of Justice has said there may be somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 to 1,000 additional people arrested and charged because of January 6th. Now, I don't know if that includes some of the top people or not. Maybe it does. But that's a lot of people. And I think the Department of Justice is working very hard. But when you consider that there are, what, 147 Republicans in Congress that voted against approving the Electoral College votes? Was that an attempt to do something that was not in keeping with what was best for the United States of America? Seems like it to me. They had no reason to not vote to accept those Electoral College votes from the states because, as I said, there, there's, no, there's no evidence. There's nothing. There's nothing. And none of them have ever come up with anything the least bit credible to show that there's any reason at all to believe that there was something wrong with the 2020 election. But I think that we may be getting close. I really do. I think that uh, the fact that we're now seeing top people being called in to appear before the grand jury, this is Jack Smith's, grand jury. I think it's, I think that they've not only knocked on Trump's door, but I think that they're beginning to push on it a little bit to open it up. When you have Trump's attorneys appearing under oath with handwritten notes and recordings of meetings that they had with Trump, it's pretty serious. I will close with this. The events of last week have just reinforced my belief that Republicans are not serious about doing anything to help the American people. And I don't understand why people continue to vote for them. Because 
everything with Republicans is a conflict. They say they're pro-life, but apparently that only applies to the nine-month period when a woman is carrying a fetus or an embryo or zygote or whatever. Just that nine-month period. They aren't doing a darn thing to protect kids from gun deaths, which as I'm recording this, I see that there's been another school shooting in Tennessee. Hey, Senator Marsha Blackburn, I see that you and your husband, I guess his name is Charlie, are heartbroken over this. Well, you've been heartbroken so many times, I would think that your heart would be irreparably damaged at this point. And maybe it is because you don't seem to have much of a heart. How many more? How many more people have to die? Unbelievable. I've read two students. I've read three students and two adults. One of them is the shooter. So I'm sorry to everybody who lost their life I, and to their families. I know, I know how the family members feel. And it's a tragedy and it is insane that this keeps happening in this country. We're the only country in the world where this kind of thing happens on a regular basis. And we ought to all be ashamed of that. And this is another mass shooting sponsored by and brought to you by the Republican Party. But that's the way it is with Republicans. They're not going to protect kids from working long hours, even when they're in their teens, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids still in school. They're going to allow them to work more dangerous jobs, longer hours. I read somewhere there's one state that 9 o'clock at night is okay for kids to be out working. So I guess the parents are going to go pick them up and bring them home, or are you going to trust them to be able to walk home without being kidnapped or shot dead because they're out on the street at night? I can remember when I was in high school working, uh, if it was a school night, Dad expected me to be home uh, by 10 o'clock, and I had my own car. I was 17, 18 years old. but I was still living at home and those were my father's rules. They're not doing a darn thing to protect kids from being forced into marriages at young ages. Is a 14 or 15 year old girl, I mean, <laughs> is she really in a position to choose the person that she wants to marry and spend the rest of her life with? I guess some could be. Not all of them are Loretta Lynn, though. So it doesn't make any sense to me. And the Republicans, when you ask them to explain, they never do. I guess they feel like that they're not really 
They don't have to be held accountable by the American people, even though they work for we the people. That's another thing that I can't understand. So, <laughs> I don't know. They don't seem to be very serious. I can think of a lot of things that the Republicans should be spending their time on rather than trying to impede an investigation by a district attorney of one of the major states here in the United States. New York is a big state. Lots of people live there. But they're desperate to cover up the actions of Donald Trump. And you have to really wonder why. What is it in their hearts that is going to allow them or is forcing them to forego doing things for the people that they're supposed to be working for in order to protect one man who has a very, very long history of not being honest, not being fair, and being corrupt. Just ask any of the folks who got taken by Trump in one of his casino bankruptcy deals. He's had a couple of those. Ask some of the folks that had to sue because they went to Trump University and wound up with degrees that were worthless. Spent a lot of money. <laughs> it's unreal. So at any rate, that's kind of a little bit of a recap on the week that was. There were a lot of other things going on. Those were the things that seemed to catch my attention the most. And I'll have another podcast. The next one's is scheduled for tomorrow. And I hope you have a good evening. Thank you for your time, as always. I appreciate it very much. Have a great evening, unless you have other plans. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Mm -hmm.